The Spanish Announce Table. It is episode 420 of the Spanish Announce Table. We're not going to get too cheeky. We don't have like a weed theme or anything like that. All I will say is that one of us might have got really damn high before this episode, but maybe. That's a maybe, allegedly, and I won't say which Tom it is, so let's just let's just keep keep rolling and get into some serious business, which is pro wrestling talk. Tom, oh, before we get into that, I don't know if you saw this thing. Craziest thing happened. I, it's, I caught it on the news. Kansas City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl? I don't know if you saw that. Like, that's a thing? Isn't that fun? Man, they have a tough game, Tim. They have a tough game. <laughs> I know they've got a tough game, but they're going to be in that tough game, which is something the Bengals cannot say, which is something the <laughs> Bills fucking, cannot say. Yeah, you do nothing fucking town, Cincinnati and Buffalo. You know what the best thing about your towns are? That you lost to Kansas City and now you're relevant. You fucking losers. God, Jesus of Mary. Buffalo, yeah. New York disowns your bitch ass. And Cincinnati, your bitch ass doesn't even have a fucking airport. You have to go to Kentucky. And you know what's good in Kentucky? Fucking nothing. So that's what you're surrounded with, you fucking losers. Yeah, we here at the Spanish Announce Table like to uh, subscribe to a mantra that we call fuck the letter B, right? Bills. Yeah. Bengals. Browns. Bob Backlund. Bears. Broncos. Broncos. <laughs> hey, the Kansas City Chiefs are in the Super Bowl, but that's not here nor there, and that's not what we're here to talk about. But we will talk about that when they win the Super Bowl. And, Tom, uh, <laughs> pro wrestling was fun this week. It, there was some fun stuff. There was some big-time stuff. We had a WWE Royal Rumble, and we have three Tweet the Tables. We've got some folks in the chat that want to talk about that. So we will get that out of the way, of course, and then we will spend the majority of our evening talking about the greatest show on wrestling television, AEW Dynamite. How excited are you to, for this episode of the Spanish Announce Table 420? I really am excited. I'm excited to get your feedback on the Royal Rumble because some people thought it was the best show in the last 12 months and those people are wrong but i want to know what you think uh and then also i want to hear why actually the best wrestling match of the entire week happened on dynamite and within the first 20 minutes but we'll get to all those thoughts in a little bit i am excited as always to talk to you talk to the fans hear from the fans and then just rant about you know men and women in their underwear play fighting because that's my favorite thing in the world yeah, uh, I am excited. So let's uh, let's just hop into some Royal Rumble was this week, right? It, uh, we had it uh, Saturday, and we we will not break it down chronologically. But coming out the gates, swinging out the gates, man, they had the men's Royal Rumble match. So I think that was a bit of a surprise. But then maybe we saw why, because there wasn't much to it, if we're being honest. But here's the thing. Yeah, let, we'll get into the specifics, but this is how I honestly felt after the end of the event, the entire Royal Rumble special event, pay-per-view, whatever you want to call it. It was a TikTok video that they stretched into four hours. The best thing about it was shorter than a TikTok video, but you had to watch for four hours to fucking get there. Like, that's the thing. I even told you the ending was incredible. It was awesome. All of the shit that I talked about this storyline with the Sami Zayn Roman Reigns thing was you kept just doing 
the same end result where it was like Roman might not trust Sammy. Sammy is conflicted, but now we pulled the trigger. So now the story advanced. That's awesome. And they did it in such an amazing way. I was more upset with the previous three weeks saying the same fucking thing, just different ways of saying it. That was awesome. Everything else though, and completely honest is forgettable. There's nothing there except for a piece of shit Mountain Dew match that well, is worth talking about. And we will talk about that as well. And I honestly, it sometimes it for me, it was worse than forgettable because there are some things that I won't forget because of just either they were bad, they were dumb, et cetera. We'll cover it. We don't want to be too negative, but you know, sometimes we're forced to be, uh, and we're going to do that by using hashtag tweet the table. We encourage you to go onto Twitter, follow us at table show. I'm at the awesome boys. He's at T Mac underscore eight one six. That's eight one six is in Kansas city. The chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. Woo. And you can talk to us throughout the week. You can put whatever you want within the confines of a tweet and and just talk wrestling with us, right? We'll read some here on the show. You can also join us live as we're doing this on YouTube, like Theo and Jeffrey Sills, who, by the way, I think we need to buy some more beer. I think he sent us some money to be the beer sponsor of the week again, if I caught that, if I'm not mistaken. Um Dude, thank you, Jeffrey. Amazing. Got another yeah. one. Look at this. Yeah, we yeah, thank right. You. We got some now, but for next week we gotta go get some beers. Uh just join us live chat with us there meet some new friends get some wrestling friends but the first tweet the table time you ready for this one this is a little fun at katie first yeah. lady she says i've never seen michael cole this giddy to have pat mcafee back hashtag royal rumble hashtag tweet the table so allegedly as we hear on the on the news outlets that pat mcafee he shows up to do commentary and apparently the other announcers didn't even know as the show was starting which that's I mean, that make, Yeah. Well, and that also makes sense because his schedule is so compacted that if there's a delay with the show that he does Monday through Friday, for whatever reason, that means he may miss a plane or miss something that connects him to the Royal Rumble. So, Hey, let's not get everyone's notes in order that says Pat McAfee's dear, if you really can't make it. So I do actually buy that. Michael Cole didn't know he was going to be there. Um, now, was it, when the music hit no was it an hour before the show started maybe that's more likely than the music hits michael cole is caught off guard from something that's happening happening at a royal rumble pay-per-view right so yeah. that's what i think i will say that having pat mcafee creates a much more in, or goes a long way to making it more enjoyable to watch WWE, at least. I won't say it's always an easy to enjoy to watch, but having Pat McAfee makes it a lot easier to enjoy it than not having Pat McAfee. So I was glad he's there, and maybe he'll stick yeah. around when the college football is done for a while. Yeah, we'll I, I mean, I like Pat McAfee. I think he's good. I think sometimes it can be a little tiring. It's a little bit of a look at me, Louie. Like we get it. You love the Nakamura song. Like, and it's fine. But after six weeks, you're like, okay, any other shit you want to say? I do like how he presses the limit, right? Excuse me. He was talking about, oh, we don't call them the banger bros anymore. Why is that? Like mm. he would press the buttons on, Hey, stop fucking bringing up these sore spots for us. Right. But it was all tongue in cheek. Some of his gimmicks, though, it's like, well, just get to your match. Just pick a Corey Graves or whoever you're going to fucking fight next. And let's just get to that. I don't need you to be talking about the Usos and shit. You know what I'm saying? So I, I think it's fine. I think his show's yeah. fine, too. It's a little bit long winded as well. But 
I think he's overall pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's a little over the top at times, but he's rarely doing something, I think, that is just overtly, like, really annoying. You know, sometimes he can borderline that. But other than that, it's generally lighthearted and fun. Yeah, a little tongue exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, so that's yeah. fun. I think he's, yeah, fun. fun guy. Now, we mentioned that the Royal Rumble match started with, or the Royal Rumble event started with the Royal Rumble match on the men's side, which has... I don't know that that's ever happened. I'd have to go back and watch all the Royal Rumbles, but I'm not yeah, going to fact check. Uh, mm-hmm. But very interesting here, and we'll talk very specifically about one person, maybe two, in that Royal Rumble match before we dive a little further with this next tweet the table that is from at Theo75, who's also live with us in the chat. What up, Theo? Says, I what up, felt, Theo? Says, I felt that collision between Logan Paul and Ricochet. Ouch! Hashtag Royal Rumble. Hashtag tweet the table. So the... Logan Paul shows up at the WWE. We would call that a surprise, right? Because I don't think he was listed, or maybe he was. I don't. I don't remember. But uh, and then he does the spot with Ricochet that everybody's replaying, and 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 it's a hot buzz video clip where they are standing on either side of the ring on the outside, and they both kind of jump up into a springboard off of the ropes and meet in the middle in a collision and fall to the ground, and the crowd goes wild. What'd you think of this spot? I thought it was fine. I kind of thought like it was athletic in the sense that you have to jump and you can't miss. There's no pulling up on this type of a spot where you have to go 100% or you could really hurt yourself or also look stupid, right? But okay, the the idea is to eliminate the guy over the top rope. So why would you jump back into the ring? Yeah. So, well, here's here's an issue that I have with it that's kind of along some of the lines. And to me, it's like, okay, cool. Like, I, you know, yes, it's athletic. Yes, they collided and they fell and it made this kind of lay there moment while the crowd goes off. So I won't knock that, like, something that worked, worked, I guess, right? Uh, you don't want to shit on them too much for that. But to me, again, we've talked about how we don't like, say, the more overly acrobatic spot fest style of wrestling that's typical with sort of the younger crowd, right? Because it just goes too far past that sort of valley of, of, of believability, right? We all know this is a performance and that we're watching theater, but I want to be able to act as if, right? I want to buy into the story. So here I am now facing watching this thing that I'm wanting to, you know, in the moment, forget is not real and believe. And I see two guys on right. the outside of the ring and they both leap towards each other and, and hit each other. So, okay, I, I, I guess I can understand maybe the context that both of you are like, all right, we're going to do this and jump at each other and see who hits first. But, like, if you didn't think the other guy was jumping as well, it really makes no sense because why would you just leap all the way in there, not make it, fall flat on your face and look like a dumbass? Or for the more important aspect of the unbelievability of this is it's the Royal Rumble. If you're outside the ring – and your two feet touch the floor, and you went over the top rope initially, right? That's how you got out there. You're eliminated, which I'm, to, again, to understand that both of these guys did that, right? They went over the top rope to get on the outside, or maybe they didn't. I would think I so, yeah. Mm-hmm. But even if they went out through the middle, they, they're they in this instance where if they jump up, you've got a springboard. If anybody's nearby, all they got to do is, whoop, you know, give you, you know, run over there and give you a little, you know, Russian leg sweep with a hand, right? And then... And then you're outside the ring and eliminated. So, again, the risk for thinking you're going to jump all the way across the ring and possibly punch a guy in the face seems just a little too much for me to buy into, right? All credit to Logan Paul Ricochet because, again, it's impressive that you guys did it. 
But it just, but again, it was not. like none of it made sense, you know? Again, it's, well, it, that's another thing, too. We talk about moves don't matter. And, yes, you and I couldn't probably go up to a wrestling ring and accomplish that nearly as well or at all. But but I got to think 90% of the folks on that roster could. I might eliminate, you know, Otis. But, you know what I mean? Like right. most of the folks probably could. Yeah, AJ Styles and um, let's just use AJ Styles and Finn Gunther. Balor. I bet you can do it. Finn yep. Balor. I bet you Gunther can do it. I bet you like, and also, I don't get what the move was. Right. They just, they belly flopped each other. But why? What, what but did you why? think? Exactly. But why? What was your purpose? What was your plan of attack? What was your offensive mindset? Yeah. It wasn't to pin them because you can't pin them. Like, right. I would understand if it was a match where you're like, we're going to do this. I think I'm going to get the lariat over him. Yep. He's going to fall and I'm going to pin him. But like, I don't know. It was, it was fine. It was something that made you go, oh shit, what was that? And you maybe replayed it if you're drinking a beer or looking away from the TV. You know what I mean? Jeffrey Sills in the chat says, Gunther is the only shining light of the Rumble. Now he set a new record for length in the Rumble. And I do want to, I do want to give credit when that's due, when somebody spends a long time in the Rumble, because A, it's a long time of athletic behavior. However, he didn't run around for an hour and a half. You know what I mean? We've called this the Royal rest hold over the years for a reason right now. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's similar to playing pickup ball where you might sit one game out and go back in. Like it's still, I mean, it's a cardio, right? Gunther's got to have a lot of cardio to go out there and do this. To me, the more impressive thing is, Hey, you got to keep it on, right? You're on camera. You got to be in yeah. character for an hour plus when really it's all the same thing. Pretend like I'm throwing this guy over, right? To kind of keep mm-hmm. coming up with things to do or remember spots that you're supposed to be in. That to me is the more impressive thing. So I'll give him his credit due for there. And Gunther just, I mean, he's right. Um, Jeffrey Sills even said on that spot that we were talking about with Logan Paul and Ricochet, he said, Gunter intercepts them with a chop next time. See, like that, that would have been cooler, right? Like if Gunter would have been like, whap, them out of the air. But yeah, so props to Gunter. I just, again. Well, let me correct you on yeah. the fact. It's mm. Walter. It's Walter. Well, it's Walter. We're, yes. we're not fucking calling him Gunter. Yeah, well, all right. Well, so Walter. Uh, hey, you know what I mean? Walter, to his credit, has, has refined his game. He's got a very understandable character. It's very straightforward. I just, what would be the next story? If you got to take Walter to now, hey, we're going to get you this IC title off of you, and now we're going to put you in the in the big time, I just don't know what the story is. Well, you don't do it now. I think you have him have the IC title for WrestleMania. Have him, what I would do, this would be the funnest thing, because, excuse me again, um, what I would do, Let's have some fucking real fun here. Austin Theory in the United States title. Fucking go wrestle John Cena for that. Ain't no one give a shit. Do an open challenge at WrestleMania. John Cena shows up. There's your match. For the IC title, let's do big men slapping meat. Let's do Walter versus Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. Those three fucking guys in the match just hitting each other as hard as they fucking can. That's yeah. what I would do at WrestleMania. So Honestly, Jeffrey you know Sills thought- in the chat real quick said, speaking of Gunter, and then later he said, my bad, Walter, he's not going to wrestle Brock, or should I say Brock ain't taking those chops? I bet Brock would. I bet Brock would get in there and mix it up. I bet you if, if he found out something about his background where if Walter was a D1 wrestler or something like that that was like, oh, you're legitimate, then he would. But if it's like, oh, you're just a fat kid that just likes wrestling, I ain't taking that shit. Right? I bet he'd trade uh, a chop for a suplex. He'd be like, hey, we're, every time you chop me, I'm fucking – 
Yeah. <laughs> belly back suplexing you. And that would be so fun. Honestly, I would watch that. Yeah. And honestly, the only thing that, not the only thing, but the thing that I felt was the most memorable was not from the men's match. I thought the kudos tip of the cap goes to Chelsea Green for coming back in your re-debut where you yeah. think you're going to get, and she got some cheers, right? And all oh, yeah. of that stuff. Just to get bushwhackered and you're already out, I thought credit to you for fucking doing that yeah, on your Santino return to WWE. Right yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, love it. I thought she was the best part of the whole. Oh, yeah. Rumble well, and that's going to be the gimmick, too. I don't know if you caught there was like a post uh, match mm-hmm. little interview where she, yeah, it definitely she's Karen. be a fun character there. Yeah. She's Karen mm-hmm. now. Yeah. She's yeah. a Karen. Oh, that's um, also, though, here, here's again where if you don't know, you don't know, you don't know kind of thing. Walter comes in at number one. Cody comes in at 30. And then when it's the two of them, if you don't know shit about fuck, you're saying, I want Walter to win. Like this guy's been here since one, but the says we want Cody. And it's like, not in this match, maybe tomorrow night, but like, I want Walter to win this. Cause he's been in it for what an hour and 10 minutes or whatever. So yeah. I even think that was stupid. I just uh, didn't. You know what else was stupid? Cody. Rey Mysterio never appeared, and we didn't get any explanation. I think it's implied that Dominic beat him up, but they never show that. They never. So Rey's flight didn't get there in time, or something, right? Like something happened backstage that we're not privy to. But it's still a weird way to write it. They still didn't. You know what I mean? Nothing well, filled that. I, I just don't yeah, get like why they don't. Why if I'm. Again, if I'm running an operation, I'm to believe WWE runs these matches like you have alternates ready, right? If if 24 ain't there, hey, well, you know whoever we had lined so, up for 31 goes in. Right. So so maybe you do, maybe you don't because if you recall 2019, I believe it was, Lana gets hurt, she injures her ankle, Becky Lynch walks down, "Hey, put me in the match." Okay, there isn't a spot filled, so you go ahead. That's the thing. If you're going to tell me 30 people are competing. I don't give a fuck that number 24 is this. If 24 doesn't get in the ring or number 10 doesn't get in the ring, there's not 30 people they are facing the winner or 29, the the winner. So like, that's where I get show me, like you said, Dominic Mysterio is over uh, Ray Mysterio. He takes his mask off. Ray puts it. Even if Ray's not on site, you could have a stunt double in there. Well, I'm just saying, like, yeah. Put it, you know, are you saying like he really couldn't show up? Yeah, I think maybe he didn't get there on time. I don't know. Maybe they were just like, maybe. fuck it. I don't know. <laughs> but like, then have him walk down and have Adam Pe- again. I know it's wrestling, and sometimes the rules matter, and sometimes they don't, and it's kind of dictating on the story. Yeah, but this like show. is a, but like this is a boiler point or, or boilerplate match each and every year. It shouldn't be fucking hard to follow this rule because it only happens once a goddamn year. Yeah, we couldn't throw like Dolph Ziggler in there if Ray Mysterio like he even did. The he was in there. Ray Mysterio gets beat up. No, he wasn't this year. I think that ended mm. a, a streak. Did it? I thought he was in there. That well, was the, here's the other thing that that kind of not fact checking, but that's what I read online earlier. So sorry. okay, here's the other thing that I didn't like about this year Royal Rumble, and it was exactly how last year's was, which I was at, is. Don't put in the street profits. Don't put in these tag teams where we know a fucking tag team guy 
isn't going to win. If you're going to put a tag team guy in next year, 2024, that person better win the fucking thing. If it's Montez Ford, Montez Ford Dude, that's what I'm saying. Because- or come very close to then start getting the storyline of like, oh man, are they meant for bigger things? And then the tag team partner's like, hey, why didn't you tell me you were in the rumble, fucker? Right? Like, yeah, but- just something like that. But when they're tag teams, it's like, well, we know they're out. Exactly. Like, they're right. It's not yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. So, and I also saw right. in the chat. Well, and I yeah. also saw in the chat uh, the Kofi spot. Yeah, that is played out like Jinko oh. G. Two years we in a row, they fucked to... it up. Well, he fucked it up. Yeah, two years Stop in a row. Yeah. Stop yeah. doing it. Yeah. I agree. It's played out. And I just, yeah, I'm done with that. I. All right. Cody wins. Cody wins, Cody wins, and man, we get the Codiest of Cody speeches on Monday to just, dude, I don't know what the fascination is. I know, I see people talking about how great he is and how much they love him and how much they love his promos, and I don't get why, because everything sounds like a personal therapy session, Tim. It sounds like he's, like, I'm good enough, I'm smart enough. He, He sounds so desperately like he wants to be loved. Like the daddy never gave him the love he wanted and he wants so desperately to be accepted. And it just, man, I, I almost feel bad for the guy. I don't feel like, a, like he's baby face. You know what I mean? It, it It's cause it's not intended, right? Like we felt bad for hangman over on AW dynamite during his downtimes. Cause that was the intended emotion that they were telling with the story. Mm-hmm. But here he's supposed to be Mr. All American American and we all love him. And I just don't. I just don't get it. I don't know what it is, but he's the guy. Is he the guy to unseat Roman? I know we have this Sammy thing we're going to talk about here in a second, but is it Cody? Well, so here, no, I don't. So this is my theory. Let's just talk about it at the end, right? Cody wins, Sammy Zayn, all of that happens, right? I believe, again, now the rules will matter. You must defend both championships. And if it's not going to be for both of them, then you must face one person on one night and then the other person on the second night. And that's where I think he beats Cody, loses to Sami Zayn. That title goes to Raw. This title stays on SmackDown. Then we're getting the two titles separated. Sammy and Roman get one right. match in or something as a title. But exactly. Then, yeah, you're right. Then it's and separated then, from there. Right. So that's how I think it's going to happen. Okay. Will Cody win? I I don't give a fuck, really, to be honest with you, because he's just bland. That's my thing, is he says all of the things that Hogan said in the 80s, except for Hogan was way cooler. Like, let's just be honest. And I don't give a fuck about yeah. Terry Bullock. Look, if we I'm put Cody about- on cocaine, he might be cooler. Yeah, exactly. But like, I'm not talking about Terry Bollea. I'm talking about the character Hulk Hogan. Of course. Hulk Hogan was fucking cool in the 80s and early 90s. And then he was really cool as NWO. But anyhow, Cody is just fucking boring. The only time he's cool is when he's a dickhead to someone else. If you recall AEW, I thought his best feud was with Chris Jericho. When he called Chris Jericho out on his bullshit, when... Jericho was saying to Cody that he was born with a silver spoon. And he's like, Oh, isn't that rich? You were born from a rich hockey player in New York. Like, aren't we feeding from the same spoon? It's like, Oh shit. When he wants to be like that dickhead and peel the curtain back a little bit. Cool. But when he wants to cure racism and fucking talk about his dad and shit, 
Miss me so with it. It's here's fucking the boring. Thing. Jeffrey Sills in the chat says cocaine Cody would be great. And oh man, man, that would be great. Now cocaine the thing Cody. with Cody is I struggled, you know, thinking about the show, preparing notes as we rigorously do for weeks on, you know, days on end prior to the show. I struggled with this idea of like, you know, look, I, I know I'm not behind Cody like everybody else is. And and I didn't want to call him fake because I it, it it's still to me, he feels genuine, but he just feels mm-hmm. genuinely, like I said, like he desperately wants to be loved, right? Or that he's trying to uphold an image that he thinks he's supposed to live up to. Or or that he has this out of touch, unaware vision of himself that comes from maybe a place of privilege. You know what I mean? Like it just feels genuinely not it man you know what i mean like it just feels like he's genuine but just like that he's out of touch he doesn't quite get it and he's just really trying to be something really hard that i don't you know what i mean this doesn't feel right and and you know what that's called Hmm. being corny he's fucking corny like that's what he is it's genuine i think he feels all the emotions that he's expressing when he says that the Rhodes family went up against the WWE and now look at it. A Rhodes is going to be main eventing WrestleMania. I think he gets emotional about that. What I would return by saying is that's fucking a dork. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. You Jeffrey still says, with- well, you, he says, it seems like he wants people to like him, but he doesn't know how to. I think it's a great way to say it. Yeah. Cause he's corny. Like that's his thing. Like that's what a cornball is. Right. Right. People who are like, Hey, and you just go like, there's something about you. I Can just don't you imagine inviting Cody Rhodes out to play like pool and shoot some darts at the bar. Can you imagine how uncomfortable that situation would be? I think he's fine one-on-one. I think it's when he has attention. Right? Well, that's what I mean. Like if it was a crowded bar and he's there, like it would just, I don't know. He'd be yeah. there in a three-piece suit for some reason. Right, and he would just, uh, just he'd have a new neck tattoo or something. He's just like, man, guy, I he's don't just, know. you know, yeah, whatever. He's but just he not looks great it. on the side of a of a of a no, semi rolling down no, the he down the road. Doesn't. Oh, they love the fucking blonde no. hair Americana guy. Yeah, no, they fucking love no that. one does. No <laughs> one's getting that neck tattoo. Uh, uh, no yeah, one's well, the, uh, their hair. Apparently, people fucking love him. It's all over. People you're, talk about how great his fucking promos to. are and his goddamn. <laughs> no, Tim, you're being lied to. This is what I've told everyone since the dawn of time. It's mm-hmm. WWE will say, cheer this. And everyone who's just general fan will go, okay. Or families that say, my kid will like this. So, okay. No yeah. one actually fucking likes Cody. Jeffrey Sills with the perfect analogy says he's just like Russell Wilson. He wants to be liked, but no one does. Yeah. Perfect. 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 Yeah. Very perfect. Very perfect. All right. So we had the main event match. Kevin Owens gets beat by Roman Reigns. And then the bloodline implodes. We get, they start, they handcuff Kevin Owens. They're beating the shit out of him. Right. Then he's like, he, you beat the shit out of him, Sammy. And that's where Sammy can't do it anymore. Gives Roman a very Shield-esque chair to the back. And then we also get the little bonus thing of Jay being like, fuck this, I'm out. Jay Uso even is like, y'all, fuck this. Oh, we and so got the bloodline so much. disintegrates. Well, we got, no, we got so much here. This is why I thought this was probably their best segment that they've done in recent memory. Not better than AEW stuff, but nonetheless, up there. It's up there with some of the best AEW stuff. This is why I love this whole segment. Yes. Roman Reigns says, 
all right, this fat piece of shit, we beat him, but I don't think he's going to leave. So we're going to really take him out because I'm tired of seeing him next week on SmackDown. I'm tired of seeing him at the next pay-per-view. Like we're going to get rid of this guy. He's a thorn in my ass, right? So the bloodline come down and that's their objective. Get rid of this fucking person. We beat him. Now we want to get him out of the whole promotion, right? We want to incapacitate him and end his career so he never comes back. So that's what they're doing. Boom, 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 boom. But Sami Zayn has a realization of one, it's my friend, but two, like, dude, what, what, we don't, it, we, we won. Like, this is beneath us, which is what he kept on saying to Roman. This is beneath you. Like, we're, we're just picking on people now for no reason. And that's when Roman says, you're right. Hey, this is when you earn your stripes, right? Like, you've always been wanting to be a part of us thing. This is what we do. So now go do it. And then when Sammy turns on him, This is when the magic happens because the first thing that I fucking love about it is the way that Sami Zayn hits Roman Reigns. Because if Roman Reigns, again, turns his back on someone he trusts, that person stabs the knife in his back. So now Roman has a real truth to be like, fuck Sami Zayn. But it also indicated that Roman Roman did trust him. That's what it indicated. He did turn his back on And here's the thing. So he gets hit, right? So he trusts him. So here is his truth because the best stories and when everyone has a truth that you all believe Roman says this motherfucker, I gave everything to, you know what he was doing before the bloodline wrestling fucking Mustafa Ali on main event, like this guy, right? Like this fucking asshole. Why did he do this? Right. But then when Jimmy goes, you fucking dickhead, like I've got to take you out because like you're disobeying our orders. Like this is what we do. So he kicks him. When he falls though, this is the detail that I love. He kicks him and, and Sami Zayn falls. You see Roman Reigns with his hands in his head as if he's been like disowned. He is personally feeling remorse because Sammy was given the opportunity and he chose the wrong option. And God damn it. I think, you know, if this is the story, I think Roman really did like Sami Zayn. Oh, yeah, I agree. And so it wasn't this like, well, we never liked him. It's fuck, man. You really had the chance to be one of us and you said no. Yeah, and it's then when almost Jimmy, as if as if Roman was doing all this so that the other guys would be convinced in the end. Right. Like putting him through these tests and these narratives so that like it would give Sammy the chance to show them over and over again. And now he's like, well, oh, everyone but now you failed. Well, yeah, it would give the chance in Roman's eyes, I believe, to have everyone show believe everyone that else. he's an Uso. Yes, so that exactly. Kevin Owens, when he goes, hey, you're not really an Uso, Roman Reigns is like, did you not see what we did to you at the Royal Rumble? Like, that was the chance to be that person. Now we go to Jimmy. Jimmy sees this, and I believe what Jimmy's mixed emotions were, you really are that guy that were was there for us in every situation that we needed you, Sammy. You were really that person but you fucking fucked us. You, you did this. You really stabbed us in the back. And then when Jimmy and all of them are beating him up, he goes, I can't do it because he made the wrong decision, but he doesn't need to pay like this. And so that's when he just, he's out. He just takes himself out of the situation. Perfect. I love all of this. I loved all of it. Yeah. It was done very well. Um, We've been asking for it, right? We've been saying, like, you guys keep doing the same thing. But so now they finally delivered on something. And we see Sami Zayn on social media throwing out all his bloodline memorabilia and all that stuff. So this should be a cool story again moving forward. 
We'll see if they move at a quicker pace <laughs> with the next well, details so or whatnot. Here's the question, though, that I have is in the midst of all of that, Sami Zayn yeah. falling down, being knocked out, Roman Reigns being upset that Sammy picked the wrong thing, Jimmy being conflicted because he also loves his family. Kevin Owens is sitting there, fat as could be, knocked out, handcuffed. What does he do? Does he just go to Sami Zayn and was like, hey, bud, let's give a hug like thanks for not having roman kill me or not killing me yourself or does he go you motherfucker i told you and now now you want me to be your friend you were beating me up last week on smackdown fuck you i think it would be very typical of kevin owens to do the first thing you said which at least at first is going to be like like oh no i mean the second thing where he was like oh yeah yeah where he's like nah, i told you fuck you right like it's way more typical of kevin owens to, to 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 put a distance there but again, what is the ultimate story here? Are we telling the ultimate Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn friendship story here, or are we telling the Sami Zayn conquers all story here, which I think is the better story? Or, but... or, mm-hmm. or, 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 are we telling? Are we closing up the whole bloodline story and Jay takes out Roman? Oh yeah, Jay it's, is who started this. So I I heard somebody float the idea that one by one. They all turn on Roman, right? Like they all like Jay's out, then Jimmy's out, then Paul is out, or Solo's out, right? Like everything starts falling apart, and now Roman's left with nothing, right? Like that would be a cool story, right? Roman did all this, like he did all this uh, gaslighting and all of this manipulation to just one by one they all go, now nah, this ain't it, right? And then, then even if they aren't liking each other right away, right? It's just nobody's there to help protect Roman anymore. And he's left exposed. I, yeah, I, I, I like that idea. I like the idea more of Jay is the one. So the, the, the chink in the armor comes from Sammy Zayn. Sammy Zayn is the one who exposed the real truth and shine the light on what Roman really is. But it's Jay who got put in this situation in the first place that said, no, no, no. Now we're strong enough. Now we're good. You're done. And it's Jay. I that's who I think. If I was writing this fucking storyline, Sami Zayn loses, Cody loses, all those fucking people lose. It all started Jay with Jay. Uso. That's what I'm saying. Jay Uso beats Roman. Main event Jay. And he can lose it in a month, right? Like it's not like he needs a seven. Yeah, I mean he could have a Kofi run. Main event Jay Uso. This is how the bloodline storyline started. Right? That's what it I'm was saying. Roman so Reigns gaslighting Jay Uso. Uh, Theo P, uh, 75 in the chat here reminds you, he says, come on, T-Mac, be a star. Stop calling Kevin Owens fat. But he is, I'm not being mean. He is fat. <laughs> yeah. Have him go to the doctor. Ask him the doctor what he's, what he is. He's fucking fat. Like, all right. We have one other I didn't tweet call him table. dumb. <laughs> we have one other tweet at the table that we need to talk about this Royal Rumble and something that happened here. You ready for this one? Get your drink ready. Mm-hmm. All right, it's mm-hmm. from Mr. Fourth Row, who says, I'll defiantly, I think, de- defiantly, I don't know if he meant definitely, but he said, I'll defiantly drink to this pitch black match. Hashtag tweet the table. Oh, the defiantly. Mountain Dew pitch black. I think it's defiantly. Oh, yeah. the Mountain Dew pitch black match. Tom, we kept talking about it in spooky context. And I, I guess maybe they tried to deliver on some of that, but it was all a blacklight match. 
it was all just a blacklight match. It was two guys fighting under a blacklight, like too many, like our two fellas had a few too many drinks at Cosmic Bowling, and they started throwing some rounds. Like that's what this was. Yeah, this felt like more of a match that would fit Mojo Raleigh than it did fucking the Fiend. Seriously, the stay hyped like a match. Drink? It should yeah. have been the stay hyped match. Yes, it could have been that's fucking Zack Ryder and you Mojo Riley. Yeah, yeah, oh. like that's who that match should have been for. Here's again, we've said this till we're blue in the face, and I'll say it one more time just because I feel like it needs to be said. This again is the fucking difference between AEW and WWE. AEW when they do corporate synergy, they'll have the elite who are douchebag heels do the Space Jam intro because Space Jam the movie comes out on DVD or in theaters this week and there'll be obnoxious heels that do the Space Jam layups and jump shots and bullshit and it's tongue-in-cheek and you're like, well, that would make sense why these douchebags would do that. When WWE has corporate synergy, they do the Mountain Dew pitch black match, which is fucking insulting to everyone's intelligence. It's I so just, stupid. Well, and and we were all supposed to be shocked and and feel eerie when Bray Wyatt put on a neon mask. Is that really the story they're trying to tell us, right? Like, is that what they literally were? Because the announcers act like, oh, my God, what what is going He put a fucking mask on. By the way, the guy has always worn masks like what are we talking about here and then uncle well, Howie missed an elbow. In. yeah like, well just, that is uh, i'll forgive that because that's live it's, i think that was on the cameraman i think he was never supposed to hit him the cameraman was supposed to stay below right. the, the barrier yes that's like when but, chris jericho uh, when chris jericho did the blood and guts mm-hmm. and they got the wrong shot like that's not on them that's yeah that's just on the if they could do a take two they would do a take two so i don't even really get on them for that but the mask, I think, was supposed – again, this is for the people – like, there's a TikTok uh, account that we follow or they follow us, and I see some of their things. And this fucking guy is like, so this week's Bray Wyatt thing is if you saw the number 14 in the corner when he was walking down, uh-huh. so this is what it means, Alexa Bliss and all that. And it's just like, that's what that's for when the mask is put on. It's because it means something significant to bootlickers who like this shit. And that's fine. But – it's fucking boring. It's fucking boring, and it's not good. Uh, all I'm Aren't saying Aren't you glad? Is... I said this. I said this uh, on Twitter. Aren't you glad? I'm being dead fucking serious because the budgets are way off. Aren't you glad that Bray Wyatt didn't go to AEW? Because oh, yes. this would be oh, done. Oh, my God, so much. This oh, would be I done know... on such a lower budget. Yeah, I wanted... Uh, Jeffrey still said, I thought the worms being projected into the ring was bad. This was absolutely worse than that. I asked Tom this the night of in a video message directed mm-hmm. to him. I said, in the, in the ratings of Bray Wyatt, like sucks. Uh, where did this pitch black match rate? Was it above or below the bugs on a ring matches, which is what we've called this for years now. And, and you think the bugs on a ring is still the worst. And I kind of agree. Cause that's literally all it was. It was like bugs on a ring and that's it. Yeah, that at least with Eli Drake or not Eli Drake, Jesus Christ, LA Knight, when he yeah. lost, 
and he got put over there. Like that is spooky, right? The elbow sure. and then the fucking creatures. That's how the match should have ended. The match shouldn't have ended with just a squash match because that's all it was. That's also what made it lame. But the, the the fucking bugs, I mean, Jesus Christ, you know how many times you've been around pyro, Randy Orton? Like, this is supposed to fucking scare you? Um, I would say this is what I do. Top three. Top three worst Bray Wyatt matches uh, off the top of my head. Number one, still, is that fucking Hell in the Cell that ended in DQ with Seth yeah. Rollins. How a fucking Hell in the Cell <laughs> ends in a DQ, I will never fucking understand. That's one. That's one, two, and three, honestly. But that's one. <laughs> two... Would be the bugs because yeah. who the fuck what in the we were never told that Randy Orton had we a all phobia know what a projector of bugs. is yeah and he he didn't have a phobia of it so I don't know why he would even be scared of it in the first place yeah. and then three would be this because it was just corporate nonsense stupidity squash match yeah, yeah. there you go yeah um yeah I just man. <sighs> I will say this: the next time I see a kendo stick, it better be neon yellow, or else I'm just I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna riot. Or yeah, or next time the <laughs> the announce table, uh, someone goes through it. I want green beans to go all the fucking place. I just it, again like how, how it's, all right, you're telling the story of Bray Wyatt, and then independently you're like, all right, well listen, we're gonna do this Mountain Dew pitch black match where the whole thing's done under a black light. When like he already used to wrestle under a red light, so like why is this any fucking different? <laughs> It's done. It's just, it's not good. None of it is good. It's old people trying it's to be bad. cool and taking corporate money as a cash grab. Soulless pricks. That's what that company is. Yeah. yeah what did uh, you like? Yeah. What did you like from Royal Rumble? If there's one thing I could say, you get to take it away. It, it's it's the moment of the, the night. Is it the same thing? Line, probably. Yeah. What's second? What would you say is second? I'm just curious. No, like, I really don't even remember anything that I really liked out of it. I just I, there were some spots that I remember like thinking in the moment. I was like, that was good, but I can't even name them now, so I don't know. Rhea Ripley winning the women's Royal Rumble. Oh, yeah, we you didn't like discuss that? that. I do, um, especially if the I, I am a fan of of the the Judgment Day as fucking with somebody's competitor right like one of their members opponent so if we get more of that now in the women's division uh that'll be fine i just you know she, yeah she's fine as good as any they've been running this bianca belair thing for to the death and now they've lost sasha so now like maybe you know time to build up somebody else in this kind of upper tier i guess I agree, but she called out Charlotte Flair for WrestleMania. Now they've done it True. once and it was in the uh, the the um empty arena whatever we're calling that thing yeah so was no That's fan true. she did you... call out mm -hmm. yeah i don't know i don't know how that goes i don't know that they would i don't get the feel they're ready to put her over charlotte flair and mania i do i think it's the white version of sasha and bianca it's the white girl version of sasha and bianca very, very yeah it is yeah, yeah we've got we've got the more athletic muscle-bound younger version of you yeah. <laughs> right little yeah, hipper little is. cooler little newer right yeah, yeah, there it is. We're gonna right. go with her then. Yeah, yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. Listen, uh, you know, your knees are you're starting to have to wear knee braces, and so it's time to think about what's next. Yeah, listen, exactly. it's like the NFL, right? We gotta, you know. You're only starting halfback for so long, right? What else happened on the Royal Rumble? I'm trying to think. So they got the the match. Oh, yeah, Asta came back in her uh crazy That was such a letdown. If you're gonna fucking do 
the crazy fucking mask win the goddamn thing because you just came out and did fucking the same thing that everyone else did. Yeah, because here's what's going to happen is so now she's just going to. So now she's just going to be a little more evil version of what we've known, right? Like whatever she was over in Japan and Jeffrey Sills is saying as Kana, maybe that was her name over there. I don't know. I don't know much about Japan, but so if now think of what happened with (laughs) what that should be the title. I don't know much about Japan. I don't know much about Japan. Um, (laughs) I, I just like remember when the demon was signing with NXT and WWE and everybody was excited for the demon and all of his characters or, you know, Finn Balor's, uh, you know, all of his characters and all of his cosplay and all of that. And then they boiled it down to one that he did over and over and over again and made him that character. That's what this is going to feel like, right? Even if she was something cool over there in Japan, she's going to be a Cody Rhodes version of that here. Oh, she's already uh, doing the Muda ripoff where like goo is falling from her face as That's she talks I mean. to people backstage. Pretty soon they'll have her pulling almost gold dust s comedy segments in the back with it yeah she'll be the boogeyman doing worms yes. and shit yeah yeah it's so Oscar is the boogeyman yes yeah it's just if you're gonna do that don't do it at the rumble if you're not gonna win the rumble like do it lose then say what's next next for oscar then oscar can come out with the crazy mask take out Carmella or, you know, Liv Morgan, someone like that. And then you're like, okay, well now we're on to something, but like you did it and you were nothing different than anyone else in that fucking match. And you lost like who fucking cares? Who cares? So uh, I don't know. You got anything else about the Royal Rumble before we move on to AW dynamite? We did forget to kind of bring this up. Uh, uh, The genius Lanny Poffo passed away. Yeah, that's unfortunate. That's definitely, that one is hard because he was also, so first off, he's one of the first early heels I remember. Yes. The the genius and the, the fucking cartwheel the and the script and the reading and all that. He's one of the early ones. Him with Mr. Perfect, all of that shit. So that's one. Second, though, is towards the end of his life, when he was doing interviews, he was almost like the macho man historian. So now we're not even going to get insight into macho man anymore. Yep. Like we were when he was telling those yep. stories. So obviously I, I'm again, speaking more as a fan. Um, yeah. It's kind of a double hit because he was a great heel. He was entertaining. He was a good storyteller. And then also he gave you good insight on what was macho man really feeling when oh, he went yeah. to WCW and stuff like that. You know Think what I mean? Of so if Lanny Poffo had died first, macho man was such a closely guarded person. We would have never known half the stuff that we got in like yeah, exactly. documentaries and stuff like none yeah. of it. Yeah. About I mean, either you know, guy. You know what yeah, I mean? Exactly. No. It, yeah. No, it is sad. So. And it's the end of a, of a wrestling family that was at one point, you know, kind of a big deal. And I mean, it just, Oh, down in Memphis. Yeah. All mm-hmm. three of them, dad and the two brothers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and you're right. I mean, if we're talking my childhood and my really young days, first watching wrestling, like one of the first heels that was just very heel. And, you know, like uh, another guy that I liked a whole lot was Damian Sandow in the day. And I think that's because he kind of reminded me of that kind of presentation of a pompous, Mm -hmm. arrogant, kind of better than you guy. And, I mean, he was one of the best at it. You yeah, I did love, love Damian Sandow. Sandow. In you that iteration Damian. of Damian Sandow coming in was good stuff. 
That was the best was he great. ever did. It was the best yeah. stuff he ever produced anywhere since that day. <laughs> but it was good then. It was very good. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, very good. So okay. So rest in peace, Lanny Poffo. Uh we, we send our thoughts and, and prayers to any the family or friends thereof. Uh, but we will move on to talk about the best show in wrestling television. AEW. Yeah, and let's and let's kick it off with the honestly, I don't know. This is arguable. Wolf, I'll get your take after we recap everything. But this could have been the match of the week, including all the Royal Rumble stuff. We kick off with John Moxley and Hangman Adam Page. First off, the thing that I thought was interesting is we really wanted to make sure that in Dayton, Ohio, John Moxley's the baby face. We love Hangman, but on this night, John Moxley's bringing out his dad. He's coming from underneath to attack Hangman first. He's doing all the baby face things that you do to make sure, hey, cowboy shit's cool, but tonight, let's make this a Moxley night. So what did you think about that start to the match? Like that, right? Um, you expect that homegrown flair. AEW does that quite a bit when they go to those strategic towns that are very vocal. And, I mean, you put an Ohio guy in front of Ohio people, and they will lose their mind, right? So they really decided to, like you said, hammer that home, right? Wave that flag, mm-hmm. and it worked. And it worked. And this was a key point to this match is it really gave a a kind of grimy, dirty aspect to the hangman, right? We got him like, hey, no, I fucking don't like this guy. And that's what these guys pulled off really well, especially as we move on and start talking about the ending of the match. Uh, they really pulled off this this idea that like these guys are just never going to like each other and to the point where like they want to fight at all times and if yes and so this was knocked down drag out fight one of the things that i thought was the most interesting and i can't remember if this happened before but john moxley kicked out of the buckshot lariat i don't think anyone's done that in aew now Mm. again i could be wrong maybe it was a kenny omega maybe it was a chris jericho but to the best of my knowledge that's never really happened so that i thought was interesting the second thing is they were legitimately like in the story trying to knock each other out. Right. But then the match ends with hangman doing the bulldog choke to Moxley and then Moxley countering that for a pin. And it felt like instantly neither guy really liked that. They like right. Moxley didn't like that. He won that way. And hangman definitely didn't like that. He yeah. lost that way. They both wanted to knock each other out. And I think that was kind of part of the anger from both of them is, is hangman's like no this isn't how this is ending one of us isn't right. getting up and walking away and that's what he wanted to keep going and i think moxley would have if again his blackpool combat club folks who again weren't there to help uh brian danielson later in the show but you know somebody else had to come help well him, and brian but, danielson wasn't out there to separate right, wasn't there either. And hangman, um, so. but i like that that and i even like that hangman was like no fuck you guys too he wasn't you know, doing the heel powder out. Oh my God, four guys thing or three guys or whatever it is. He was in there fucking throwing birds and shoving them. And even Cesaro had to be like, dude, you really want to fucking do, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like watch yourself, little man. Um, I liked all of this, all of this. It was done so well, so believable. And even Moxie, like trying to get through and mush him in the face. It's like, no, fuck you too. Right? Like the whole Ezekiel Tony TikTok comes to mind, right? Where these guys are just like, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you too. Right? Like I love all of this, all of it. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked at the end when 
Moxley wanted to be like, I still got cardio and he did snow angels. <laughs> yes. So then Hangman did a burpee and then flipped him off. Like, I got <laughs> yeah. fucking cardio too, asshole. Bloody burpees. Like really- We've talked about yeah. this before. We had an episode title called Bloody Burpees. Everybody loves yeah. a bloody burpee. You really get going when you do them. <laughs> so here's the question. Neither guy seems satisfied. Uh, you know, Moxley won, so he likes that he won. But again, he kind of feels like maybe that was cheap, right? And then Hangman definitely hated it. What's the conclusion? Are we getting? I said on Twitter at Table Show while I was live tweeting. I think this has to be a last man standing. I don't think you yes. should, you know, have a knockout match, but a last man standing it's at supposed Revolution. Supposed to be what that is. That is well, and here's where they're I think going to do it fucking better than those yahoos up in Connecticut is it's not going to be who can trap them underneath as many fucking things to where they can't get up. It's going to be like, no, this person's out unconscious. Bury him under the dipping dots. Yeah. Bury him under the (laughs) the cowboy hats who can do it first. Yeah. It's not going to be that shit. It's going to be like a legit, that's what I think. A last man standing. What do you think? What, how do you know? I think that too. And I think that's going to be the sell uh, from hangman is going to be like, no, I came to knock you out. And that was your goal too. So you might have won the match, but you didn't accomplish your goal. Like, you know what I mean? Matt, whatever. Like, you know, you didn't do the thing you were going to do. And you had to take the cheap way out and pin me instead of knock me out because you can't. Right. And he's poking him in the chest. And then maybe even he throws him one and knocks him out right then and there. Right. And now we've got Hangman laying on the floor. Mox is like, all right, you're on. We'll do this as a last man standing match at Revolution or whatever the next thing is. Is it Revolution? I think it is. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. I like that. That's a good idea. I mean, that's what I think it's going to because you can't say it's a knockout match because that it doesn't sell well yeah. to, you know, advertisers, stuff like that. Or so I think it has to be a last barbed wire death match. I mean, do that again. Hey, yeah. they did it great. That was a fucking amazing the match. Explosion. Bullshit card. Yeah. Yeah. That was the only thing. Everything about that was an A plus. The story was and great. then it was an F yeah. for the fucking execution. Yeah. Um, okay. So then we go backstage. The bunny challenges jamie hater but before we can even wrap up the segment renee pockets like hey wait a minute what's that can we put this on the tv which i thought was cool like hey we're gonna look at this now and you see jamie hater looking at the screen where it's soraya and tony storm beating up Britt baker full heel so now. and then does this mean Britt baker's full baby face i think so so no we also, uh, I, I just, first, I love the butcher and the blade. Anytime we can get them on TV, cool. And, yes. and so I was getting excited for this. And we'll probably still get that, right? We'll get the bunny, it's Jamie Hader, and we'll get the butcher and the blade. But I, I really, we got to work them. I wouldn't mind them having a thing against the acclaim. Uh, yes. You know, we're done with the ass the boys team. here. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll get to that. But yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so, no, I so, think I think we and we, and we'll get more into Baker later with with what happens later in the show too. But yeah, I think this is this is nearing the end of the turn for the flip for both of you know them. Like Baker's gonna be full face here. Saray and Tony Storm are already being full heels now at this point, right? I mean, they're shit talking right. in the camera, beating somebody up. So yeah, it's interesting. It was pretty quick, but I do like it because it wasn't wasting time. It was like we all know what we're getting at, so let's just do it now. Jeffrey Sills said, Jamie Hayter versus Emmy Sakura on Rampage, five fire emojis. And he is right. That thing was a fucking, was a fight. I don't know if you saw that one. That was good. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. 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 I love it. It was great. It wasn't as good as Karoshita, but that's just me splitting hairs. Right. Well, yeah. I mean, but it was very good. It was good. Um, yes, very good. So then we go back into the ring. Acclaimed versus Turbo Floyd and Truth Magnum. <laughs> Who? 
Yeah, pretty like great the, names. I right? like them. Yeah, I like them. <laughs> they were good. But but here's my question. I don't I don't I don't get <laughs> so the acclaim come down. Max yeah. Kester does his rap. He calls them 80 fucking cornballs or whatever. Yeah. Talks about Tom Brady retiring. Yeah, yeah, right. Again. But why would Turbo Floyd and Truth Magnum scissor? Oh, because I think they were just like, like, ah, look, look how stupid you guys look. And they were just, you know, making fun of the gimmick, right? But I thought that it kind of felt like it was cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, these guys are fun. I know. I liked yeah. them from that. Yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah. So it didn't yeah. really accomplish because I kind of liked them more. But they yeah. beat them in 10 seconds, right? They do all their fun sure. moves. The main thing here is the ass boys, the gun club, whatever we're calling them, the guns, walk out. And they said, hey, last week when we were talking, we said we wanted those titles. And uh, Anthony Bones goes, well, let's ask the crowd if you deserve a title match. They say no. So he says no. And so then they're having their back and forth. And then Billy Gunn flips out, walks off. Like, you guys stink. I don't like this. Walks off. Austin Gunn then says, like, oh, walk out like you did when we were kids and you're a pill popper. He delivered well there, though, right? Like, like oh, turn yeah, your back and walk away. And the whole crowd's like, ooh. Right, yeah. And then the pill popper thing was because he's like, yes, drown yeah, your sorrows. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, yeah. Because Billy Gunn sold that too. Because he looked like he was about to whoop that kid's ass, right? And the kid's yeah. on it. Well, he won't look his dad in the eye. And he's like, no, you fucking look at me. You said it, right? You said it. Now look at me, right? Like, oh, all that good stuff. I, I, I know that feeling. I've been on the receiving and giving end of those kind of talks, right? Like where you're just like, no, huh? Hold on, hold on, hold on. You fucking tough now, <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. Right. So it ends with Billy Gunn saying, fine, you get your title shot, which then the acclaim look at him sideways and say, what? We said no. Is this what we're so getting? What happens? Uh-huh. So what happens here? Well, what happens? Uh, I think we might get the Billy Gunn turns on on the scissor me daddy ass crew and just takes the daddy ass portion out of it and maybe screws over. The acclaim, and then we get you know the acclaim have to win back their world titles, you know their world tag team titles, and then maybe we can now move on with the acclaimed sans the daddy ass portion. Which do you think they still do the scissoring thing if he leaves? If he leaves, let's say he leaves, right? He joins the gun club. Do you think they still do the scissoring, or do you think they I pivot would? To else? I would just stop making it the biggest focal point of your thing. I think you always like that's their greeting. You might you know throw it in and here and there, but like. I just don't know, like, we've talked about this. Catchphrases only live for so long, right? So you better come up with something new, right? The New Day had to go through this, right? Like, yeah, I mean, the New Day had to go through this where it was something new. And some things will stick and stay around long terms, like the pancakes did, but, like, other things fall by the wayside, right? You got to keep throwing stuff up against the wall. And I think getting the daddy ass will help kind of, first of all, I mean, again, he probably can't keep the same schedule that these guys are going to keep moving forward, you know what I mean? I mean, he's, he's maybe pill popping, so maybe he can't, you know, I don't know, allegedly. Well, but, let's take a quick side turn here yeah. because uh, we'll get back into Dynamite, but that brings up a good point. AEW also announced that now, starting in March, they're going on the road. They're going to start doing non-televised house shows. How do you feel about yeah. that? Interesting. I just, I, you know, house shows can be fun. I just, I don't, you know... I'm usually not there well, for him, right? I am if I want to be, right? I think this is going to be good because then we Way don't have to do 
I am well, what I mean is, well, what I mean is like, for example, I think it was actually in my memories on one of those social media apps. I think it was nine years ago today. I went to a house show because the main event was a cage match between Randy Orton and oh, I was there with you, Daniel Bryan. Yeah. And then the, the co was Super Bowl event, Sunday. Exactly. And the co-main event was the Wyatt family versus the shield. Like I don't yep. fucking watch that. You know what I mean? But if you're just going to give me person a person B, whatever, but I think this is going to be good because then fingers crossed what we can do with these non non televised house shows is, Hey, uh, Griff Garrison, you're working on a new gimmick. Now we're not going to give you a W dark YouTube time go fucking figure it out here and then we can start telling better stories on dark and elevation because we're figuring out the shit off of tv or off of youtube you know what i mean that's my hope for all of this but we shall see yeah all right let's get back into dynamite here what's your initial thing here do the guns come away with the titles is there a heel daddy ass now are we going full ass boys here's here's what i'm honestly gonna say i don't give a shit I don't care about this. Like, this is okay. such a, like, I, I just don't think it's good for either team. I think you you tried to shotgun the guns as someone as a top team because they beat FTR, which on paper makes sense, but like, wasn't actually executed that well, right? We didn't go away going, that team can really go with the best of them. The acclaimed need someone to give them a new side of who they are. Cause they keep doing the, someone needs to bring out the fucking we're bleeding from our heads and we got to fight from underneath and Jesus Christ. It's hard to be champs. Isn't it? Anthony, it sure is max. Yeah, We haven't like, got we that, need that swerve in our glory. Well, and even that was more just like swerving our glory is having infighting and the acclaim take benefit of it. Right. Like, even though they don't have the uh, credibility yet, but that's where if you had a butcher in the blade that was over here in the corner, slicing motherfuckers heads up when it's the acclaimed has the titles. Now we can do butcher and the blade come for their fucking championships. And you go, Oh shit. And now you have Max Caster bleeding from his face or you have Anthony Bowens and Max Caster making sure they don't tap from a submission. You know, like that's what both of these teams need. It's something that he would have about butcher and the blade. Like God, they'd be yeah, (laughs) but like, that's what the acclaimed need. And then the guns just need, Hey, we need to have you be the match of the night. Cause if I can't think of one fucking match they've ever had, right? I know they beat FTR, but I can't tell you how or what. I just know that they did. You know what I mean? And so now we're throwing them together. It's like, this is wrong. Yeah, time. I would say they're and Jeffrey still says they're, they're good. And on the verge of being great heels. I mean, verge of great. I don't know. I would say that their, their mic work, particularly like their heel mic work has come along better than what you're saying here. They're, in-ring sort of storytelling product I, I will give you that where like hey man everything sounds cool ring the bell we're kind of like oh yeah that's fine and it just kind of falls yeah. flat and and again we are two of the people who say moves don't matter and all of that stuff tell the story they don't. their stories aren't that interesting they keep kind of well, saying this, the same yeah. fucking story mm-hmm. hey dad Okay, but like you can only but tell I don't me dad. Hate it. I think this is a good enough story if it's just that. If this is the way we we get Billy Gunn off and the acclaimed can now focus on kind of being the acclaimed and maybe what their next chapter is, then it should be fine. But I would maybe have them win and then acclaim like find a way to win it back and then 
then the you know Billy Gunn can go off and you know mentor his, his kids again, and they can go do their thing. I wouldn't have him win the titles. I think the Guns as your champions, even for a week, is fucking bad. Right now, maybe in twenty twenty five. Yeah, well, but, not- but I think with the I think the thing is like you do the the clear like he picks a side, gives them the Kansas City cunt punt. The guns roll up, they're all blah, and that's it. They like the next week on Dynamite, they're like, Look, you fucking video, like you guys are chumps. And then, like, mm-hmm. listen, Tony Khan already awarded us a match, we're doing this right now. And then they fucking win it back and they're fucking dancing over. And fucking, yeah. they already they have Man. something in line to, to work on Billy Gunn, which gives the ass boys a new focus because you hurt our dad. Right? They have the you know, big show yeah. comes in and fucking, you know, punches him or something you know what i mean right yeah 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 and all that's fine and all that but i just don't want them to win the championship it's now likely. that i'm thinking about that's it exactly how it's gonna go down i just fucking booked it <laughs> maybe you did <laughs> i just don't know if i'm gonna care um <laughs> this is where thinking about it butcher and the blade are awesome but you know who they the team awesome. is that could have but the team that really could have got this out of the acclaimed if mm-hmm. they didn't fuck up whatever happened backstage santana and ortiz that's mm-hmm. the fucking team that has the credibility yeah. that would take out or attempt like to take out the acclaim. I know. That's what I'm saying. Unfortunate. Cause like, remember two years ago during the pandemic, 2020, yes. AW, well, AW had the best tactic. They had FTR, Young Bucks, Santana Ortiz, best friends were hot. All of these teams. And now you got acclaimed and two fucking rookies that are just not, they're good because they haven't stuttered like they were at the first grabbing a microphone. Like, that's the only thing that makes them good. Anyway, yeah, yeah. I don't mean to shit on them. I just, I don't really care, yeah. to be honest. Before we move on to the next thing, I want to remind everyone that we've got a shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees. Go to Pro Wrestling Tees, search Spanish Announce Table, and buy one of them shits. Oh, that's yeah. it, in the commercial. Hey, right. <laughs> speaking of people that have a new direction with their character, uh, Jungle Boy Jack Perry is backstage and he says, Hey, Hook, appreciate you. I've been to the top of the mountain for the tag team division and then I kind of did it. So, like, I don't want to do it. So, I'll go on after singles championship. A couple questions here for you, Tim. One, does that piss off Hook? Two, if it doesn't, where are we going with old nice haired Jack Perry? Yeah, I. Noted that they specifically referred to him as Jack Perry several times. Sans mm-hmm. the Jungle Boy moniker, which is mm-hmm. probably good. Two, uh, yeah, that's my question is, does Hook get mad about this, or do we just, this is a way for them to, eh, we, we thought this was going to be a thing, and as we expressed to them, dumb idea, let's move on. But then what does Hook do, right? Because now Hook just looks like, oh, you didn't even want to be friends with me, and that ain't a good look. No, I'm saying, what does what does Jungle Boy do? Oh, he well, says he's Jack he wants... Perry's going on. He's gonna. He said he was taking on. But somebody. where? But I mean, no. He just said I'm going for singles goals. So are you going to uh, have him jump in there with Joe? Probably. That ain't good. And that's the same story <laughs> we just told tonight at the end of the show. I mean, I don't... yeah. Or do you have him go up against Orange Cassidy? But then that's hey, listen, face and face. I'm not sold on this Jack Perry being a thing either no i, know I they like they, i love him he's so dreamy think, yeah well that's i mean like okay like i get that like you'll be able to sell that that he's dreamy right mm-hmm. and yeah you're gonna get that but again there there isn't much in the story department here it's just a boy well he dreamy. needs his dinosaur back he's dreamy okay he's dreamy yeah 
I mean, he's dreamy. Yeah. Look. Yeah. yeah. He should have went with the varsity bonds and done a whole uh, 90210 gimmick. <laughs> Been, oh! Back in high school. <laughs> <laughs> that would actually be awesome. <laughs> yes. They should do yeah. a Halloween episode, and the three of them should do 90210. Oh, yeah, he that would be the, perfect. He gets the chops, right? He does yep. the whole. Yeah. That would be perfect. Yep. All right, so we'll yes. see what happens. Uh, it'll be interesting. I think. But what does Hook do? That tells me. Was my well, question. I think, well, my so gut says Hook a, says. Evil Hook. Well, my, my gut says Hook goes, oh, you don't think you need me? And then now they feud. I think that's Well, that's it. Going. He goes, oh, you think, oh, you're just done with me because you've already done the tag team thing. I'm the old news, so now you're going to go on a singles run? Well, guess where it starts? FTW. Eats a chip, right? And then, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Um, I think they're going to mm. feud. I think that is leading to something. So we'll see. Currently, Jeffrey Sills, the T does not come in black. We were allowed one uh, design. Oh, can you select colors? You can. Wrestling you, tees? We don't have it. Yes, you can, but we don't have it. But we don't. Yeah, we have to sell some more first before we are allowed to expand our offerings. Pro wrestling tell tees. a friend. All right, yeah, let's yeah, tell, tell a friend. A friend. Tell all your friends, uh, parentheses right. S. There it is. So let's get back in the ring. <laughs> Brian Cage takes on Takashta. Takeshta. Takeshta. Yes. Takeshta. Nailed okay. it. Yeah. Brian Cage takes on Takeshta, and it happened. What'd you think? I just. Yeah, again, we talked about Brian Cage. Looks good at getting off the bus, can do all the things. Oh, oh he's great stuff. in this. Yeah. I just. I mean, just. It just is that it's like, okay, so he's there to lose to Takeshita. And I just, I, this is another one where I'm like, hey, man, I don't think this is going to be a thing. I think they really want it to be a thing. And I just don't, I don't see it. Here's my thought is it's finally good to see Takeshita get a win because he fought Eddie Kingston. He fought Danielson. He fought uh, uh, everyone and he's lost, right? I haven't seen him ever win a match on TV. I've seen him win on Dark and Elevation. But that doesn't count. So it was good to say, hey, he got a win on our flagship show. My thing is, later on in the night, he immediately just goes after MJF. So in my mind, if I have the pencil, right, have him beat MJF in a non-title match. It's a title eliminator, right? So later on in the night, they get separated next week. Title eliminator, Takeshita versus MJF. Just have Danielson distract MJF. Takeshita then gets a big win over MJF, but then having him win over Brian Cage, I don't know, because now both guys are just in no man's land in my in my book. So I thought it was good. The match itself was awesome, right? Like it was very good, but the story just kind of was bland. And also, we'll get into Takeshita in Blackpool Combat Club and all that stuff in a little bit. Uh, but let's go to a tried and true method, Tim. Just like the women before the main event, we make sure our baby faces have to run a gauntlet because mm. just as we're seeing Brian Danielson go through a gauntlet that MJF makes him do. Yeah. Jericho Appreciation Society says, Ricky Starks, you got to go through the Garcia Guevara gauntlet. And I get it. It's fun because then later on in the night, Brian Danielson took on Timothy Thatcher. It had stakes to it because Brian Danielson had to win to advance. So we get a story and it was cool that they wrestled, but you can't just lean on this whole gimmick of 
And another baby face has to go through a gauntlet and another baby face has to go through a gauntlet. Cause it's, it's, you're saying the same thing, you know, I think what they often forget is it goes a long way to continue to making the early part of that gauntlet look really weak. You know what I mean? Like, and I know 2.0 has never been world beaters, right? They're heels that get by with major use of heel tactics, mm-hmm. but it's just, you know, I love 2.0. I, the, I'm, I I'm happy that I'll awesome. get to see them, right? Like that'll be fun, but it's just, all right. I, the, the weird part for me is that Garcia Guevara gauntlet where they go, well, if you get through them, then it's going to be one of us. We'll tell you the night of. That will allow for them to have some sort of, you know what I mean, interaction in fighting, which is what they've been leaning into with this. So I guess it's a good enough setup for that. It just, yeah, it's weird, right? It's not the Garcia Garva- Guevara gauntlet. It's the Garcia or Guevara gar- gauntlet. God, yeah. Listen to this, the tongue twister. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I just, I don't know. And we'll then also, see, on- but that, it'll be probably fun in the moment, at least. But also, again, let's take a step back to look at the bigger picture. Who the fuck cares? We already yeah. saw Ricky Starks beat Jericho. We yeah. don't. It isn't as if Jericho beat him for a championship and now Ricky Starks needs that win. He already has it. Correct. We've already done this. Yeah. Jericho should be wanting to face him. It, yeah, he should have to go through the action and ready. Fucking, yeah. You know, Jungle Boy gauntlet. Yeah, God, yeah whatever. <laughs> it's it just, it doesn't make any fucking yeah. sense. And again, yeah. I've said this, I think I've said this every episode since MJF and Chris Jericho, but Jericho, make me miss you, man. I'm fucking exhausted by you. You're everywhere and you ain't that good to be everywhere. You ain't MJF. You ain't Moxley. You ain't Hangman. Like fucking go away for three months. God damn. Yeah. Keep going on the game shows. Keep doing that. Go on your cruise and never come back. You know what I mean? Like fucking just, I don't know, man. I'm exhausted. Trump friends with you and get out of here. (laughs) I'm just exhausted from Jericho. I just really am. I agree with you. I've had Jericho overload. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm just like, now I see him and I almost want to turn the channel, which is not good because I love AEW. All right. So let's get into some more fun. Uh, We go to the elite in a basketball gym. Why? Because who the fuck cares? And... (laughs) They say, hey, Top Flight, you got to win over uh, the Young Bucks. Why don't you get your buddy old AR Fox and we'll do the Elite versus Top Flight and AR Fox. So it should be interesting. Oh, Young Buck number two over there getting a swish. Yeah, and then uh, (laughs) receding hairline Buck makes a jump shot and it goes in. And then here comes Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, and Ethan Page, which with Stokely Hathaway... Which again, I don't. So, are we saying that Matt Hardy and Ethan Page aren't friends, or we or are, are saying friends? friends? Because yeah, Hardy seemed to be all on board. Yeah, this was with all this. cool. the The thing that stuck out to me was Ethan Page in his attempt to be stylish had this shirt that was like half solid and half striped, but now he looked like the referee for the basketball match that the Young Bucks were having. <laughs> yeah, and. Yeah. And I get it. Isaiah Cassidy wanted to do his little moan yeah. and he did the moan, which I agree. That's, ca- that's some good heat stuff. That is <laughs> like, it's like, it's oh, why funny. are you doing that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's funny, yeah. but I don't understand any of it. I don't fucking yeah, get I don't either. 
any of what's happening. Yeah, I don't there. either. I I don't mind seeing the elite in the basketball thing looking zany because that's them, right? Like we see them in weird locations doing weird things, and they they do it all under the pretense of like like you're not as cool as us to be doing this right now, right? And you're just kind of like, but that's not cool, right? Like whatever yeah. you're doing here is weird. Uh, yeah. So I like that, it, but it was just weird that now here come in. So Ethan Page and that crew track them down to the local gym that they were playing ball in or like what happened here right like i just yeah it was interesting wasn't great uh but it was fun <laughs> that excalibur dunked on i believe it was stokely hathaway or maybe it was don Callis because one of them mentioned nfts and excalibur without yeah. missing a beat is like you sell the other fucking dorks is they think nft yeah. still a thing right yeah <laughs> The announcers always have the most fun. Like they shit on Tony Schiavone for being old this episode. (laughs) Oh, they uh, he told uh, Excalibur when when Hangman threw beer in Moxie's face. He's like he's like was that a cold one or whatever? He's like yeah. He's like calm down. He's like stop stop sit back down, Excalibur. (laughs) Like we got show to do. (laughs) Like just leaning into folks. I I love the the chemistry they've got now that we've gotten you know Jr. to kind of fade to the background and. Yep. And yeah, yeah it's like good. It They're really fun. Mm-hmm. They're really fun. All right. So when we get back into the ring here, we get Brian Danielson taking on, as mentioned before, Timothy Thatcher. This is Thatcher's AEW debut. And this was fun. Yeah. To I me, think he got overshadowed so, by the opening match. I think we would have thought this was great if we hadn't already seen that. I agree. That's a great point. I also think if I didn't know the outcome, that's another thing. I I never thought Danielson was going to lose this match. Right. So, right. Like when I know the outcome, I'm going to check out. You could even do 10 false finishes. Here's I'm kind of going to be like, too. I'm out. Have you ever seen a gauntlet, either a single night gauntlet or a multi-night gauntlet, which is essentially what this thing is, where the person didn't complete it? Can you right. remember a one? Can you remember no. a single one? No, the only time a gauntlet worked where it was like, oh shit, this is awesome was when I believe it was the new day had to go through a gauntlet for Kofi and the Usos came out and were like, no, we get it, bro. We'll lay down. And they just forfeited. Yeah. That was They still won the gauntlet. You know what I mean? Like that's the thing. Even that moment, which was the coolest gauntlet moment in pro wrestling history. Yeah. But we've never seen one fail. And that's why like you said, we just know right when it's like, you've got to get through these four people. Show me somebody fail at the second, right? Like, yeah, come on. Right. Like there's stories there to be told. It's real. It's natural. Right. Like ask Cincinnati fans, how they feel about like thinking they were going to run the playoff gauntlet and make it to the super bowl for a second year in a row. And it just didn't happen. Right. Like, cause oh, that's no. real. Oh no. <laughs> oh, no. Oh no! And now Joe Mixon's getting arrested for fucking threatening to shoot people. You know what I mean? Like that's what happens now, in real life. You just fall apart. Yeah, and now you got to pay all those fucking people, and you have no rings to show for it. You fucking losers! Oh god! Oh hey, uh, Asperger's uh, Burrow back there just throwing dimes to the fucking Kansas City Chiefs. How many touchdowns he have in that game? Fucking zero. Uh, yeah, I love how they were like. He never gets rattled in the moment. Like, sure, he didn't get rattled, but he sure fucking calmly threw two fucking picks. <laughs> so cool. He shit. did it with yeah. such, such suave. <laughs> <Just> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
Jamar Chase, you <laughs> fucking small face prick. Um, okay, so like we said, Brian Danielson right. wins, but MJF comes out because he thinks he's gonna cost Brian Danielson the match, and then Takeshta comes out and he fucking gets involved, it. which again. So what? So are we recruiting this guy to be in Blackpool Combat Club? Because it seems like he's Danielson's young boy because now he's yeah. fighting Brian Cage no, on behalf I think of him. For me, it's enough of the story of just that, like, he look, he got into it with MJF somehow, however that started, and now he's taking offense to what MJF is saying, and he's he's like, fuck you, I'm going to meet you where you are. And then he was just like, he knew, hey, this match is going to happen. MJF's going to come out and try to fuck with him. I'm going to be there to get him, right? So that's fine to me. And then I, I think they did a good job of the back brawl, right? Like, I thought it looked like oh, a decent, you know. The backstage brawl is great. The yeah. The story doesn't make any sense. Because what we kept saying, because what Excalibur said is, well, uh, this is uh, Takeshita's Brian Danielson's favorite wrestler. That's why he's fighting Brian Cage, and that's why he's helping yeah. him here. And it's like, the dude yeah. has a group. Where's Willer Yuta? Yeah. Where's his bitch ass? To Where's me, it's just, it, it should have been more of like, he just happened to be somebody's opponent or whatever, right? And then like, that they happened to cross paths and MJF was like, oops, you were collateral damage. Sorry, bro. Right? And then that's how he got involved. Would have been better. You're right. Like, why he's involved in it is dumb. But Or why the Blackpool Combat yeah. Club are, are just MIA completely. They're not even saying like, hey, Danielson, who's this guy that's helping you? Should he be a member of this group? Let's talk about it. Just fucking nothing. Yeah, I see fucking MJF is, is stalking you and trying to put out bounties on your head. Uh, we'll be nowhere around whenever you get in trouble. Yeah, but but Moxley might fight the Hangman yeah. after this match, so let's get in there quick. You're the GOAT, guy. You're the GOAT, bro. Yeah, yeah. sure doesn't <laughs> seem like it. Uh, so, yeah, as mentioned before, they get a uh, backstage brawl, and it's announced next week that those two will face off. Uh, it should be fun. Uh, then we get uh, kind of a throwaway segment. Um, Swerve Strickland, coolest wrestler in pro wrestling, gets re- regulated to uh, Rampage. He's taking on Brian Pillman Jr. That'll really get people. It was a people. weird promo, right? He's like, he's like, fuck Dustin Rhodes out here, and I've got an issue with that family, and fuck that whole family and here's the whole reason why fuck like here's the whole backstory why fuck that family yeah but neither of them are around so like here's somebody else who comes from a wrestling family it's like wait hold on what yeah that was really a mess for me and tattoo face his name is trench 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 like naughty by nature trench was it trench or trench no trench trench Trench. but that's naughty by nature remember opp you know me that's his fucking name that was trench Trench. Trench. I'm pretty sure it's Trench. We don't fact check. Anyhow, stupid fucking name. That guy sucks. Uh, then we go backstage and MJF, MJF, excuse me, uh, tries to pay off uh, Roosh because he's taking on like Brian Danielson segment. next week. It was a good segment, but except we, we just we've done it. We've done it a lot with Prince yes. Nana. Yeah. Yeah. Like, the whole thing is like he, he delivers it well, right? Like he delivers it great. He's shitting on everybody in the room. He's still an asshole to those folks. But he's like, hey, listen, we're doing business here, right? Like, fuck you. You don't got to like me. You just got to fucking do the thing I'm paying you for. And he does you that well. He would, does it very yo, well. But it's just, it's, it's oh, over he's and amazing. over and over and over. You know how I would have done this one a little bit different just to give a new wrinkle? Have him walk in there with Mark Sterling. Have 
MJF cut all the same things, but it's Mark Sterling holds the money. Maybe Mark Sterling and the assistant, Jose, kind of have a side eye. Like, I don't trust you from past dealings. And it's just something a little bit different because this was legitimately the same fucking thing we did with Brian Cage and Prince Nana two weeks ago or whatever it was. So, mm, I don't know. Another thing that we've done a million times is it's right before the main event, Mm -hmm. Tim. So, you know what that means. Oh, I know what time it is. It's time time for the women. And it's time. They they deliver, though. But it's the same fucking match, too. It is the same match. But they did a good match. Stop. But stop doing this, man. So Trenches with Swerve. Tretch was with Naughty by Nature. Jeffrey Sills in the chat. Fact checking for us. Thanks. Oh. Should he be our fact checker for Spanish announce table? There you go. Fill in when when he wants fact checker. There it is. <laughs> we promise no fact checks, but sometimes but you have an official title. May, facts may be checked. Yeah. The official yeah. maybe facts checker of the Spanish announce table. Yeah. Jeffrey sometimes Sills. when he wants. <laughs> there it is. So we have Red Velvet versus Jade Cargill, and it's fucking the same thing. Rinse yeah, repeat. I I do like though that like. I do like how, yes, again, we're going 15-0, she's the queen, she's beating everybody up, but we still have this idea that, like, it's not that she's just, you know, Andre the Giant, you know, elbow to this person's face, fling him over a ring, hold him down, right? Like, people are close. She, We're, we're to believe Red Velvet would have won if the refs had not been distracted. So I like that, and I feel like we're getting close to that point of, okay, we got our 15-0, somebody's going to have to knock Jade off, or she's got to somehow relinquish this title and and do something next. So what is that? There you go. So I had challenged you before we recorded, and I said, hey, I'm going to challenge uh-huh. you here. D- do something with this. Because here's my biggest beef. is not the match. The match itself was good. They've wrestled Four fucking times of the 50 matches. I believe it's been four times. It's been red velvet. Who's lost first 50. And I think it was like 30 something and another one. So like, you know what I would what? do is and I would, wow beater. I would integrate her. I would have her at this point be like, look, I'm 50, no teensy title, whatever. Like we eventually, maybe not right away is at the start of the storyline, but she's maybe just going to relinquish that thing. Right. I'm not even gonna have anybody beat her or maybe one person in this here. But we we later, you know, we start seeing this AW original women versus the WWE women, right? We're going to have this WWE team looking strong, and I think the surprise last member of these AW originals is going to be Jade Cargill, who sort of wins the match for them, but gets personally up in maybe Soraya's face, right? So now we get Soraya and that and the Tony Storm aspect with Jade, and maybe that's how we get her into this, like, world title picture and then maybe somehow now onto like the Jamie haters or the, or the whatever, after we move that, that's maybe how I would transition her out of there loosely. She gets involved into that. We start going like, yay, AW original. She's against the heels in there. I mm-hmm. think that's the easiest transition to, to take her from. Cause cool. She's kind of been a heel, you know, like I, we're all cheering her and we all like her and she's got her kid and we're all like, yeah, but like that, she does the heel thing, you know? Yeah, so it's kind of weird. The other thing is, I can't really boo you that much when your crying daughter wants to be held and you hold her as you walk backstage after being victorious. Yeah. I, uh, so I even like clean. that. Okay. So, 
So here she she joins that match, right? Let's say we have a four on four or whatever it is. She's the winner, but she like kind of takes a personal like slap fest with Soraya. So now her and Soraya are beefing post that match. Uh, Soraya maybe t- beats her for the TNT title with help of Tony Storm, right? And Perfect. now she's facing Tony Storm, and then she's whatever. And she's like, and she's blah blah blah. And then like you know they end that right. Uh, like they do something heelish, but let's say Britt Baker who was. You know, Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter, who were her friends on that side, now suddenly turn on her again, right? And now we've got Jade Face, and she's like looking at Jamie Hayter and the and the heel Britt Baker, who have now turned on her, right? This takes a, a while. It sounds like we're gonna have to build this over time, but then she can kind of go like, "All right, Hayter, you think you're the big bad, tough, whatever? Let's do this, right?" Yeah, she just flexes on them bitches. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. right. All right, so we're talking about this whole AEW Originals, WWE X women, and we get backstage and we're checking in on Britt Baker because, again, she got beat up. And uh, Jamie Hayter's standing there with her. And then out of nowhere, Ruby Soho comes up and is like, hey, hey, are you are you okay? And Britt Baker's like, shut the fuck up. Go get it. Get it, dumbass. Get lost. So what, what do you make of this? Yeah, what do you make of this whole thing? I kind of feel like Ruby Soho is going to be with the Soraya and the, and the, uh, Tony storm. But I think we're going to get that. Like I'm earning your trust. A la Sammy's aim bloodline thing. But then like Ruby is going to turn, but maybe even Jamie Hayter still sees it coming. Right. Or, or not Hayter, but, um, Britt Baker or something, right? Like maybe she never really did trust her. And then in the moment, right. She's there to kind of catch it as it happens, like something along those lines. But I think, I think Ruby is going to be with the, it would be it the best sense. thing for her character. Yeah, and it makes yeah. sense. If she's if she's just sympathetic, stands next to Britt Baker, that does nothing because she'll get overshadowed. Yeah. So, But if she pulls like Kurt just, Angle is with ECW, right? Or TV yeah. ECW or whatever that I was. I would have right? just had her – I would have just had her in this segment walk up and be like, hey, I saw what happened. That sure sucks, doesn't it? And just yeah. walk off. Doesn't say yeah. good or bad. Yeah. Just like, man, that's At sucks. least she can fix her own teeth if they fucked them up, huh? But like, but I'm saying, not even cut cut her down. Just like, hey, I saw what happened. Yeah. I'm like, what the fuck was yeah, that? Yeah. She didn't say, you know, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I just, I just saw it. Like, good, you know, glad you fucking saw it. It was on right. broadcast on national television, bitch. Yeah, just letting <laughs> you know, I'm out of here. Yeah. And then they go, yeah, like, just letting you know, I saw that? it. Yeah, I would have done something like that, but again, I'm better than they are. Um, then we get to the main event, and this shit was fucking brutal and awesome yeah so okay christ almighty tim the fucking dead boy walks out with a thumbtack jacket on Mm -hmm. and just goes like catch me joe (laughs) just right into it yeah we talked about this he hits the gate running like short of anybody but the ultimate warrior right like he just hold me joe the gate and he is (laughs) He is the modern day Mick Foley and where he's going to go out there and he's going to throw himself around in a very dangerous manner to where it's borderline. We are like, dude, please don't do this. Like I, we appreciate you're doing this for entertainment, but maybe dial it back. Right? Like he's pushing mm-hmm. that envelope and Joe here sold this as one of his toughest acts in his, in his career as well to finally put this kid down. Uh, it was amazing. Yeah. And, and, 
it was a one-sided ass whooping with some great moments from Darby Allen. It wasn't like we could go through the moments and most of the moments are, and then Joe fucked him up this way. Yeah, but, no, it was one-sided, but he kept having to do something. He kept having to hammer him. And having, yeah. He's like, God damn it, kid. What right. the fuck? Stay down. <laughs> because even Darby Allen cuts the fucking ring up, exposes the wood, just to get a Bronco Buster on the fucking wood. And that's that was the first time we've him. seen that in AW, the ring exposed. I can't remember. I feel I feel like the hardcore match between Kenny Omega and John Moxley mm, at I'd a double it. or nothing, yep. maybe. But that's also a guess. Uh Jeffrey Stills, look that up for us, uh, if you want. Uh uh, but Samojo gets the victory, does the Bronco Buster on the exposed wood. Darby Allen takes the cover. He loses your new king of television now because he is both your ring of honor television champion and your TNT champion is Samoa Joe. And before he could even wipe the sweat off of his forehead, Wardlow comes out. Tim Wardlow's yeah, back with his middle-aged job haircut now. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Wardlow. <laughs> He should have shaved his head if some if he's yeah, gonna do anything. I don't know, man. I mean, again, Wardlow looks great kicking open the curtains and you know what I mean, screaming to the crowd. And so it looks great when the crowd's bought in. But I just I mean, again, we've told the story of Wardlow and Joe, haven't we? Like I don't here's my biggest gripe with Wardlow, and I'm gonna say this knowing full well i sound like a hypocrite because one of my favorite pro wrestlers is taz who was a world beater at five foot two right like he'd beat up bam bam bigelow mm-hmm. he'd beat up nine one one he'd take triple h to the limit in wwe but he was five foot two right my biggest gripe with wardlow is he does the flexing and the big man stuff. And he's not even in the top 10 of biggest fucking guys in AEW, let alone if he were to go to the other side of the pond and go to WWE, then he's looking like fucking ricochet. Like he ain't Jeffrey Sills in the chat reminds us that he says, I'm telling you he's test now. He is. He's test with a better story. That story that he told with MJF is really good. It was really good. Better origin story than test. Yes. Yes. Yeah. But that was it. It feels like, like I don't, I I just think he needs to switch it up because if you're going to tell me he's the biggest, strongest, fastest, and then powerhouse Hobbs walks out and goes, no, he's not. You're like, Oh yeah, no, he's not. He's not even bigger than he also doesn't because he also doesn't do moves. Yeah. let's use Taz as the example, right? Taz was doing suplexes that was legitimately throwing the Bam Bams yeah. and the Shane Douglas. told me he was pound from for this pound side the strongest side. guy in, in AEW and that even though he's smaller, man, he comes out and he flings a guy across the ring right. or whatever. But that ain't happening either. Well, and Claudio does that. So yeah. it's like, you ain't stronger than Claudio. So this is where it's like, that's what's falling flat is you keep telling me, but there's no moveset that supports that. And also you don't look it either. Well, and the thing with the powerbomb symphony is, man, it takes so long to do, right? <laughs> the the powerbomb, the powerbomb, the powerbomb, the power, you got to roll them up. You got to get them up. You got to do the thing. And then you well, when he gets on a roll, when he gets on yeah. a roll and he like flips yeah. him and he's doing it, that's pretty cool. But again, he can't do that to Satnam Singh. 
he can't fucking do that to powerhouse Hobbs. So like, what, what has it always been said in pro wrestling about a finisher? You need to do it to everyone for it to be really yeah. fucking great. It needs to be done to everyone. He ain't doing a powerbomb symphony of three powerbombs in a row to Joe or to Satnam Singh or Claudio or, you know, any of these big fuckers. Jeffrey Seal says, you give him a mid-card title and you cut his hair. Sounds like test to me. <laughs> I mean, you might I mean, be right. Yeah. I'm just saying if you test don't want to be test. Well, what I'm saying is if you don't want to be test, you got to do something now. He's retest. <laughs> He's retest. <laughs> I like that. All right. So that's your AEW Dynamite. I think, mm -hmm. again, the Darby Allen Samoa Joe match was off the charts insanity. Oh, yeah. The Hangman John Moxley was the best match of the week, just from like a storyline and also, you know, physicality standpoint. And then you had some stuff in the middle. Uh, that's kind of how I felt about this, but we'll see how it goes moving yeah, forward. I thought we got some good storyline advancements, even in things that maybe weren't the greatest. But I think, I, again, I think we got some real, you know, the steal a phrase from the kiddos uh a bangers of some matches and i thought we did good i thought this was a solid a show though i thought they did real good here i think we need something to hook us though i think the gauntlet stuff is done after this revolution thing that we do with apparently both ricky starks and brian danielson put that on ice for a while but we need something you know when like for example, going into I can't remember, full gear, I think it was a pay-per-view, but you had Eddie Kingston and CM Punk talking shit and it caught us on, on off guard. And then we were hooked as soon as they said, like, they're going to be in the ring next. We're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Right. And Hangman and John Moxley kind of have something like that. We're like, oh, shit, something's going to happen. Storyline and maybe, you know, real here, but it needs to be turned up a level. There's just nothing really that says, like, watch next week because is going to happen. Right, like, yeah, that's what they need. They need a hook here, yeah, to really get going for this pay per view. Yeah. Well, and we need you to hook yourself to us. So follow us on the YouTube. Get those notifications for when we go live, which is typically Thursdays, sometimes Wednesdays, sometimes seven o'clock, sometimes nine o'clock, whatever. Right. So get the notifications that way you won't ever miss a spot. And you can always watch us live later. You can subscribe to the podcast. Go to Pro Wrestling Tees. Get yourself a shirt, Spanish announce table, and um, we will just leave you with this uh, in case you didn't see it. Kansas City Chiefs are going to the Super Bowl. The Spanish announce table.